Okay. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you. As you can tell, we have the, the Zoll crew here. Yeah. Bill on the porch. Um, everybody's in town because we're celebrating our Nana's celebration of life. So that's good. We have a whole bunch of people here. We've doubled the attendance randomly and independent to that. Jonathan has asked that we actually pass out the offering today in case people want to give. Okay. So I'm going to have um, Jackie come up. And if she could read, see, I'm, I'm nice when I give out verses. I appreciate it. Two, two verses here for us. Yeah, see? Got the memo. See, we, we prep here. We prep. Okay. Welcome, Reservoir. We are reading from Numbers 28. I'm going to read verses 1 and 2. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Command the people of Israel and say to them, My offering, my food for my food offerings, my pleasing aroma, you shall be careful, careful to offer to me at its appointed time. And you shall say to them, this is the food offering that you shall offer to the Lord. They went away a little head. No, that's it. That's good. Cool. Perfect. All right, then let's pray. Father, thank you so much that you have made a way for us to approach you. Thank you. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He's the way for us to um, know repentance and holiness and joy. So we just ask right now that you would help us to see Jesus in the scripture and to praise you for making a way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jackie. So I promised that I would not call my niece up to do some reading or anything, but I feel like I've been granted the power of the microphone, and so I can at least look at her and say, I love you. Thank you for being here. We have, we have all my family here, and I think um, Jackie had a great prayer of approach um, to the Lord, and so that's what I'm going to talk about today. I titled this, as you know from last week, those of you are here, Truth and Sacrifice in a Chat GPT World. Um, for those of you that don't know Chat BGPT, um, looking at the elders in the crowd, um, it is an AI-driven tool that you can look up different things and you get answers. Okay, and so Jonathan does that all the time here, and we'll we'll look at that here in a, in a little bit. But I was praying about this portion of scripture. I kept getting stuck on sacrifice, right? Your approach to God, and if you um, look at the table which uh, they'll put up here, there is a lot that was required of, of the Israelites in the day, right, of, of sacrifice and such. It is a lot of bloodshed, right? Um, it's a tremendous amount of wealth in that time period as well. And so we'll, we'll talk about this here in a minute, but ultimately I want to know why would anyone or Israel follow this sacrificial schedule? It's a lot. Why would we have any interest um, of sacrifice in our lives? You know, why would we want to do that, even today? It's simple to say that they were God's people, and we are God's people. But why do we think sacrifice is important? And then it hit me that in order for someone 
to actually believe in sacrifice and to follow through with that action, they first have to have truth. They have to think that it is true of something that we need to do to approach the Lord, that God is true, and that that is the only way that somebody would actually go through this table in order to approach the Lord and to actually perform those acts of sacrifice. If Israel didn't think that God or the laws that he passed through Moses weren't the purest forms of truth or that they didn't believe consequences were true, then they wouldn't give it a second thought. So if I hear a story in the news on a sensitive social issue and the commentary around that, I would choose to believe that what that reporter journalist is saying, in order for it to be true in my head and then to tell other people in conversation about this truth, it is true. Right? You have to believe that. But am I viewing this truth through the lens of the Holy Spirit? All right? I may be blinded by my positive opinion in that news source to question whether it is true or not. So Jack today has a jersey on. On the back of his jersey, it's a player. Not Machado, but Soto. Right? There's no Machado at the store. It was only Soto at the store. <laughs> so, so if Jack hears, you know, Soto or Machado say something, you know, when he's at a ballpark or on Sports Center or something like that, he might think, oh man, that's true, right? Because that's Manny Machado that's saying this, right? But is it true? What I'm trying to say is that truth is foundational to our beliefs and our actions. And that foundation, whatever it may be, affects our ability to make sacrifices, uh, excuse me, offerings or sacrifices to God. So Matthew 7, 24, the 24 to 27 says, everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who builds, who built his house on the rock and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. And so that foundation, that truth, is something that we need to make sure that we have in our lives. God gave his law to Israel, and today he gives his spirit to us. John 16, 13, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. So I think it's important that we look to truth before we can have godly sacrifice. What is our source of truth, though, right? If you go on the news today, how many news outlets do you have, whether that's the radio, that's, uh, periodicals, that's cable TV, all sorts of things of truth that's out there? A lot of people, unfortunately, turn to man-made truth sources that are laden with partial truths, also known as lies, even if those lies seem completely innocent. So in keeping with Jonathan's recent trend, I went to chat GPT. So if you could put the question on for chat BT, go back a few slides. Yep. Given what the word of God says, what is an image that best represents sacrifice today? What is, what do they say? What's the image? Jonathan. <laughs> Can you believe that? Although Jonathan is an amazing, amazing um, portrait of sacrifice, that is not actually what ChatGPT gave me. So let's go back to what they actually gave me. 
as an AI language model, I don't have personal beliefs or, or uh, opinions, but I can offer you an objective response, right? They don't even give me an image. This is what it came back with. So you can read all through that stuff. The concept of sacrifice is significant in many religious and spiritual traditions. You know, you look at this, and it's not a bad answer, right? And you go down to the end here. I'll get to scoot over here. However, it's important to note that interpretations of sacrifice can vary greatly among different faiths and belief systems, and there may be other images or symbols that are considered more representative in specific religious contexts. Okay? So we look at that and we say, that's not a bad answer. That, that is, you know, partially true, right? But when you think about it, you know, this is a good explanation, but the absence of God in this explanation and the normalizing of kind of being nice as the priority, thinking about other religions, thinking about what they would think. So we want to be objective here. We don't we, you know, want to just focus on one religion. We don't want to focus on the Bible. There are many different religions that are out there. This is the priority in this world right now. It's being nice. It's not offending other people or what have you. Um, and it's, it's trivializing, in my mind, the gospel, the Bible, right? And it's going to condemn people, right? We have, uh, we have a couple, I think, that are going off to college soon. We have kids that are going back to school. We have every single day amongst our friends the political talk or what have you that's out there. What is our source of truth, and how do we discern truth, right? And that's really only through God's word and praying for wisdom uh, through God, through his spirit. And if we don't see this chat GPT answer as deceiving and distracting to what God says in his word, then people will not have the gospel message. So if we just put you know, our little questions in there and don't look at the actual source of truth, and we rely on the world today to give us our truth, we're going to miss a lot, even if it's an innocent, seemingly truthful answer. Jesus says in Matthew 10, 34 through 39, do not think that I've come to bring peace to the earth. He didn't come to be nice. I have come, I've not come to bring peace, but a sword. <coughs> Excuse me. For I've come to set a man against his father and a daughter against her mother and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And the person's enemies will be those of his own household. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. You know, personally, I think the most dangerous weapon against me is the idea that I should be nice and not offend over all other things, over all other things, even the gospel, right? You know that being nice is a good thing, of course, but it can also be uh, the ultimate wall against telling the truth. And without the truth, we're blinded to reality. So the point of this is not to debate the good or bad in chat GPT, right? The Wall Street Journal, Cable News Network, San Diego Union Tribune, or any other source of information, but these sources of information are not pure truth. It is not how we should discern wisdom in our lives. The source of truth should be the gospel. There, these are man-made inputs of often godless opinion about this world and what takes place in it. And although there are nuggets of wisdom 
and sometimes it can be founded off of the gospel, we need to turn to the gospel for the truth. Without the truth, we cannot understand our sin, right? The meaning of sacrifice and how to worship the Lord through sacrifice. We should continue to heed God's warning to Jerusalem through Jeremiah in chapter 7, verse 8 through 10. Behold, you trust in deceptive words to no avail. Will you steal, murder, commit adultery, swear falsely, make offerings to Baal, and go after other gods that you have not known? And then come and stand before me in this house, which is called by my name, and say, we are delivered, only to go on doing all these abominations. Let's see truth through God's word and not through the influence of this world. So why the sacrifice and why so much of it? It involves, you know, 113 bulls, 1,886 lambs, over a ton of flour, and 1,000 bottles of wine. That's a lot. And what's the deal with sacrifice in this case, right? There are two lenses that I think you can see sacrifice. The first lens is really described here in Numbers. You think about the Old Testament context. Sacrifice as really a brutal, messy act for forgiveness. Okay, it's, it's the way that we can dwell with God in an Old Testament setting is to make sure that we have that forgiveness and we can dwell with God by approaching him through sacrifice. Through this lens, I have to admit, it's a little foreign, right? We haven't lived in that day and age. I can't imagine taking a lamb, a goat, a bull, et cetera, and killing it for sacrifice. I remember when I was overseas in the military, we were stuck out on patrol wherever we were, and there was a big sandstorm, so we had to hold up for a couple days in this nice gentleman's compound, right? And we used it for security, but then we started running out of food, and he had goats, and what did he do? That was, those goats were precious to him. And so he said, hey, you know, will you pay me for one of these goats? And so we said, yes, please, that would be great. It'll feed probably 100 Marines, right? And so he took that goat and showed us how to slaughter it and everything, and we had goats too. It was amazing, right? But that was precious to him, and that was my only probably, you know, most um, close experience to sacrifice is slaughtering that goat for the purpose of us being able to be fed, right? And I know that that goes on today, but think about the purpose of sacrifice back then, of taking a goat or a lamb or what have you, and taking the blood and offering that uh, to God. Even those in today's world who do take on this act of killing for food may see it as a foreign concept, because typically if you're doing that today, you're using every single portion of the animal for something, right? The hide and everything. They're killing for food, and they probably use 99% of it for, for these reasons. We read the Old Testament, and through this lens, we understand sacrifice as the only the way in which we can dwell amongst God. Okay, Think about the detail in which the priest had to conduct sacrifices. I won't get into it today, but there's a lot of detail, and it was very dangerous not to follow that detail in the Old Testament. Okay, now we go to the second lens. The first lens is from forgiveness. The second lens is probably aligns with how we see things today. As soon as you hear about sacrifice, we think of the sacrifice as an act of love. Some random examples. Letting someone else play with your toys when you're desperately desperate to hold them close to you and have them for your own enjoyment. Financially sponsoring someone in need, right? Sacrificing your, your finances. Giving your kidney to someone in need. 
pushing someone out of the way of a moving vehicle, right, when now you're putting yourself at risk. These are all sacrificial actions, right, that we probably see it today. Obviously, these examples seem very different than the first lens of killing an animal and offering the blood as a sacrifice uh, as, a, as a way of finding forgiveness with God. And it's really cheesy, I know, but just think about it for a second. If we have both lenses and we see things through both lenses, then we see 2020, right? And his love is very clear. God's love is very clear when you have that prescription, when you see both lenses and you know that the Old Testament is context for God's love and what he's done for us in the New Testament. So that Old Testament provides the background for Jesus' sacrifice described in the New Testament. His death on the cross would be hard to understand other, uh, otherwise. Ephesians 5.2 says, And walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Fragrant offering and sacrifice to God may sound weird, Without the context of the Old Testament, what is a, a fragrant offering? You know, why, why is that a, a pleasing aroma to the Lord? Even still, the thousands of sacrifices made over the course of a year from that table that I put up there, every year they would do that in the Old Testament. That could not compete with the one sacrifice that Jesus made for us on the cross in the New Testament. Hebrews 9, 11 through 14 but when Christ appeared as a high priest of the good things that have come, then through the greater and more perfect tent, not made with hands, that is, not of this creation, he entered once for all into the holy places, not by means of the blood of goats and calves, but by means of his own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption. For if the blood of goats and bulls and the sprinkling of defiled persons with the ashes of a heifer sanctify for the purification of the flesh, how much more would the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, purify our conscience from dead works to serve the living God? And so what does sacrifice look like today? We can see that context from the Old Testament and how Christ is the sacrifice in the New Testament. <clears throat> Although I gave some examples earlier of pushing someone out of the way, in front of a vehicle or giving up your toys or things like that when you really want them. I'm talking about the sacrifice needed to dwell with God today. What do we need to do? The miraculous thing is that we don't need to sacrifice, right? We don't need to follow a set of rules of law to live, to, to live with God forever. We just need Jesus. That is the sacrifice. He made that sacrifice for us so that we could stay in his presence forever. We just need to ask him for forgiveness and to be the only, that he would be the only priest for us who can actually be our sacrifice so that we can live with God forever and he actually can live with us now. Now we've seen this great gift of eternity with God because of nothing we've done, nothing at all. It's by grace alone, right? No acts of sacrifice or being good or being nice. Nothing we can do to increase the chances of eternity or anything like that. So what does he ask of us? John Piper says, Jesus, Jesus' commands are for a lifetime. He does not command a once for all decision. You know, asking to repent and to have salvation and that's it, you're done. 
Rather, he commands that we go on repenting, coming, believing, loving, and listening. The transformation of repentance continues on a daily basis. Coming to Jesus again and again continues. Believing in him hour by hour continues. Listening to his word as the daily source of spirit, uh, spiritual life continues. Jesus commands engagement of our minds and hearts every single day of our lives. It may seem logical or simple, but think about our engagement with him tomorrow. Literally, tomorrow's Monday, right? Some are getting on a flight and going home. They're going to encounter people at the counter. They're going to encounter other people in line that are pushing them. The gate person might be very finicky, not very friendly. We wake up. Maybe we go to work. It's that routine of getting in a car, you know, the same people on the road that are cutting us off or not letting us in, getting on the ramp of the highway. Uh, we interact with the same people at work, right? Pretty soon, some are going to be going to school, um, new people at college, same people going back to, to elementary school or grade school or what have you. This monotony of life, this busyness of life, it's very easy to not think about what do we need to do on an ongoing basis? What do we need to do to repent and to give our lives up regularly to Christ? How do we not fall in a rut of mindless wandering through every day without engaging in Christ? We abide in him, right? Bears much fruit, or apart from me, you can do nothing. <coughs> Excuse me, that's John 15, four through five. And so all the things that I've talked about today, you know, first of all, it's truth, right? And then it's sacrifice and abiding in him. I think the hardest part is now we leave church today, we go home, we have fun, we do whatever we need to do. We wake up on Monday, and what do we do? We automatically go into the, the routine of life, and we think, okay, what do we need to do in terms of work or school? What do we do to have fun? What do we do to get rid of some works, work off our plate? How do we engage with Christ through all the monotony and all the busyness of life? Right? And I think that that is the, the most challenging part, I think, to abiding in him on a daily basis. How do you do that? You get in his word. No matter what, sometimes we wake up, I can guarantee you it's almost every morning with me, wake up and the last thing you want to do sometimes is have quiet time and read and get in his word. And sometimes it's hard, but have the discipline to do it. Have the discipline to pray and to talk to Christ and make sure that he is abiding in you as you abide in him. So in summary, don't be fooled by kindness, right? Seek the truth, and the truth is in God's word. Pray for wisdom to discern among a mirage of truth versus the truth itself. So don't be fooled by kindness. Seek truth. Remember that verse that God did, Christ did not come to bring peace but a sword, and make sure that we're bold in that. Get 2020 vision. Understand the context for sacrifice in the Old Testament and how Christ became our fulfilling sacrifice in the New Testament. And, and then finally, abide in him. In hard times and easy times, in the routine of life and everything in between, let's abide in him. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, that we have your word. Thank you that we don't have to, to run to Google. We don't have to run to um, even a priest, Lord to find truth. We can do it in your word, Father. And you give us the ability to have that wisdom. Why? Not because of us, not because of the studies that we do or because of the IQ you've given us or what have you. Simply because your spirit dwells in us, Father. If we have 
made the commitment, Father, to believe in you and the sacrifice that your son gave, Lord. We ask, Father, in, the, in our daily routines that we know what sacrifice is even today, that you've given the sacrifice, Father, but that we need to die to our bodies daily and that through the monotony of getting in our car or going to work or going to school or wherever it may be, Father, you are there. Help us, Father, to look for you, to run to you, and to not fall uh, in just mindless activity that is so easy to fall into in this life, Father. Help us to approach you, Father, in awe and amazement, to know that this word is not another book on the shelf, Father, is not something that we just read flippantly, Lord. Help us to prepare our hearts, Father, in how we read it and how we pray, especially, Lord, when we are numb, uh, Father, to you sometimes. We love you. We ask, Lord, that you would give us the, the wisdom during the week to continue in the pursuit of you, Father. Thank you for this church. Thank you that we're, as a church, as a small body of believers, um, can do mighty things only because of your presence, Lord. Thank you for the sunshine. Thank you for um, just the, the 